Hello, everybody. This is Jared Van Vorst. And my name is Nathan McWhorter. And I'm Daniel Fagbui, and welcome to Table Talk Thursdays, where we field all your burning questions, and we'd love to hear from you. And we'll be doing this every single week. So please send in your questions to my email, which is daniel.fagbui at livechurchcanton.org. Look forward to hearing from you. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Table Talk Thursdays. Uh, this, of course, is the Live Church Canton podcast. My name is Sam. I'm the host for this show, and I'm so glad that you're listening. Uh, this is episode number six of Table Talk Thursdays, and it's been over a month now since we started these things, and I'm glad that you guys are engaging with it. This particular episode, um, Lynn Jarrett comes on with, with Daniel, Nathan, and Jared, um, and they're talking about mental health for a lot of this. So um, I'll let them take that away. But uh, this is Table Talk Thursday. Hope that you guys enjoy, and we'll see you on Sunday. Excellent. We are alive and live. Well, welcome everybody to Table Talk Thursdays, where we have the opportunity and the privilege to field all of your questions. All questions are welcome. Uh, questions about the most recent sermon, which folks, we actually have one for today, and any other questions about life in general. Remember, questions are due in by Tuesday evening, uh, but never fret. If you get them into us Wednesday or Thursday or next week sometime, we will put it on the queue for the next show. All live questions are also welcomed. Any follow-up questions, and if we can catch them, we will answer them. If we cannot, we will put them on tap for the next week as well. And just some housekeeping items we want to remind you for Touchpoint Tuesdays, a time when Pastor Nathan gives us an update on what's going on, especially in light of the crisis that we're going through as a nation. And I also want to remind you to pray for our nation and for our world. Pray for those who are quarantined, waiting on test results. Pray for those who, are, who have lost their employment. Uh, pray for those who have lost loved ones. Uh, we're praying specifically for our brother TJ, who lost his grandmother, and so we pray that God's with him and his peace is with him during this hard time. Pray for those who are the at-risk population, the frontline workers, the healthcare professionals, all essential employees. Pray for the elderly. Uh, pray for those with pre-existing conditions. And folks, don't, don't uh, neglect reaching out to each other as you've been. And I'm super excited to be part of a church where we're doing that on the regular. And um, as a little, little side note, my sister Renee Tran dropped me off a gluten-free coconut cake this week. And it was just a blessing to my soul. Um, so things like that mean a lot. It, it, it surely enlightened and refreshed the entire Fagbui residence. So uh, amen and thank you, sister. Uh, so let me check in with our panel today. We've got with us, and you might be seeing a, a very unique face. We'll get to that very soon. That's our special guest. But, uh, brothers, how are you guys doing? Doing well? Sorry. But I, I thought you um, were doing sound language. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I'm know, up for it. I've <laughs> been doing this for, what, four or five weeks, and I still uh, forget to, to turn my microphone on. We are doing Very well. Fine. My family's well. Um, we also got a sweet treat from a nice family. It was an apple pie. I cannot confirm that it was gluten-free, nor was it okay. dairy-free, uh, but it, it was good for my soul. So that counts, right? Um, yeah. we're, we're doing well. Excited to, yeah, to have sweet. Lynn with us today. Sweet. Quick quiz. Uh, sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie? So I haven't tried sweet potato pie yet. I know you um, haven't. It's the same as but, pumpkin pies. <laughs> but w my kids like watching a lot of food shows. Yeah. And there was, uh, there was one, they were interviewing a woman about uh, making, making sweet potato pie. So it's, uh, it's off my bucket list now. Yeah, there you go. It's a cultural norm in the African-American uh, neighborhood to have some uh, sweet potato pie. Okay. But good. And our brothers across the pond, they love the, <laughs> the pumpkin pie. So we love it all. Cool. Pastor Nathan, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing all right. I think we, uh, we all got uh, desserts dropped off by the same person. <laughs> um, but mine, mine was the best. Uh, and the reason uh, why okay. <laughs> is it, I'm just going to let you, I don't even have yours, but I, I had mine and it was amazing. They dropped off a big, huge mug about this big, full of delicious, beautiful Buckeyes, uh, the peanut oh butter God. and chocolate oh God. Oh treat. God. And mm. uh, I felt seen. I felt known. <laughs> I felt the love and felt I felt significant. I felt good. So I had some lovely 
Buckeyes and they were they were delicious. My family enjoyed them as well. And I hid them in the back of the refrigerator so that I could keep them for myself. Um, okay. <laughs> was, uh, love love uh, keeps all things to himself. We stayed up uh, this week to watch the meteor shower uh, oh, okay. from 12 to 2. And I went to bed at like 1 and they saw a meteor. So I'm not sure it was worth it, but nope, it's no, been no. a good week. We're trying to go after, uh, after some new rhythms. Awesome. Oh, yeah, I didn't even know there was a meteor shower coming. That's awesome. Well, it Good did. It's gone. It, was, it wasn't really a meteor shower. It was one. It was a meteor. Um, okay. But I think it's important on the comments um, that people are very excited to see Lynn. Um, in fact, they're saying, Lynn, you look beautiful. Uh, that's not me. That's that's what Facebook, yes. Julio Dino, wants yeah. you to know that. Uh, and <laughs> I think that's important. Let's clarify because her husband <laughs> is watching. That's right. He's in the in background. Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. I love my brother, but I know he'll show up quickly. <laughs> hey man we're good we're good well lynn we are happy to have you we have a special guest here and we're going to dig in a little bit later in the show uh this show is going to be about um, uh, mental health awareness and care and so if you have friends and family who are struggling with it please invite them right now uh, you yourself uh, just to have some good self-care to not struggle with mental health you we should invite you as well so lynn we're going to chat with you a little bit more but quickly how are you how you doing? Thanks for being here. I'm doing well, you guys. Um, I had a shower and I put on some makeup today, so I am winning. Today. Cool. Not a meteor shower, though, but the regular Not a shower. shower. No, okay, no. got it. Because that would be different. That would be a little different. Awesome. Well, no. we're happy to have you. Super excited to have you. And in a few minutes, we'll be digging more in. But we have a question, Pastor Jarrett, uh, from last week about last week's sermon on if I if I can remember the title because the title was so provocative. It's like Easter's over. Now what? Yeah. Right? Christ is risen. So what now? Right. Now what? Uh, yeah. That's, so that's the question. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got the question before you I start dig in. I do, and it's from Deborah Christ, and um, and actually, uh, Lynn, take note of of anything that I say because if I miss out on anything, some of it might actually have to do with our conversation today around mental health, yeah. um, in, in terms of how it intersects with our faith as well. But the question. Uh, it says, as Jared mentioned in Sunday's sermon, that joy and happiness are not the same things. This is the view that I've held as well. Uh, two weeks ago, I began to look for the biblical basis for this distinction. Greek and Hebrew words were too many for me to continue. I know the teaching. I want to know where in the Bible this distinction is made. However you answer, I will continue joyfully happy. <laughs> so That's like, right. I like how she... Your um, answer is not stopping her happiness. Brother. Exactly. That's what she said. Yeah. And so a um, couple things. One, my my intent in the sermon was not necessarily to do a whole expose on on the differences of joy and happiness. I, I don't know that the Bible uh, provides a specific verse or group of verses that would come out and say explicitly, hey, by the way, joy and happiness are different things. Um, there are several interchangeable words in both Greek and Hebrew, I think something around like 22 different Hebrew interchangeable words for happiness, joy, gladness, um, and then about 15-ish in Greek. Um, my hope was to explain that in our culture, at least, happiness and joy uh, need to be understood differently. I think it, when we think about happiness, it usually is connected to our external circumstances. So I worked in youth ministry for the longest time and um, students had a hard time separating out certain things like their happiness and their faith and their relationships. So if my girlfriend broke up with me, um, I don't know if God exists anymore, you know, and so I'm not happy and therefore I question my faith and I question God's existence. And so we, we would talk to students to say, okay, that, that's probably more in the happiness camp. We need to figure out what does joy in the Lord look like. And so um, joy is not, um, is not the absence of pain is one of the things that I said in the message. It's being able to experience pain, but still know that there's a greater outcome ahead. That there's still joy in the midst of it because um, the Bible and the biblical writers, they talk about lament and joy in the same, in the same breath, essentially. And so um, happiness, though, I think is more so understood in our culture as this very fleeting, um, just mist vapor kind of temporary thing that's based on our external circumstances. And so that, that was my only hope in, in identifying that in my sermon, uh, that, that the two are to be understood differently. And I think 
I think the Bible uh, portrays that when it talks about a different kind of joy. Uh, Jesus says, um, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Um, be of good cheer. Be joyful because I've overcome the world. And so when I think about that, I think that that's joy. That's not just happiness. That's not just fleeting and temporary. That's, that's a bigger kind of joy. So um, there's, there's a ton of resources on there. Uh, I'm, maybe I'll actually create a blog post explaining that even more. Um, but that's just a little tidbit for now because I want to get to Lynn. Absolutely. Something you said, though, which might be a good a good um, segue into the next conversation is um, in the Greek culture, it's funny that they use this term tragedy and comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're two sides of the same coin. Right. Um, and and it, it means to say that you can still experience comedy or joy in the midst of tragedy and you can still experience tragedy in the midst of joy. Mm-hmm. And so joy is not the absence of tragedy. Uh, and tragedy is not the absence of joy. And so right. that they see them as part of life. Now, I don't want to yeah. say it's yin and yang type of scenario, but it's just part of the normal ebb and flow of human right. life. Right. And part of that, too, is trauma. Right, Lynn? Uh, part of the human evolution is trauma. And so you are here, one, because we love you and we appreciate who you are. And but you also have some expertise as it pertains to mental health and you and I have had great conversations about our passions and how they dovetail. And so we just want to, one, hear from you. Who is Lynn? Uh, who are you? And then we'll start to ask the rest of these questions. So who are you? Who am I? So first and foremost, I am a child of God. And Amen. that is the basis for everything else I do. Um, I, my husband, John, and I have been attending Life Church for almost five years now. Uh, I currently serve on the leadership team and head up the women's ministry. And um, I guess you could say mental health is in my DNA. I grew up in a very chaotic home and uh, where there was abuse. And uh, my mother was a bipolar alcoholic. My father was a rageaholic. Uh, One of my sisters was mentally impaired. And there were multiple family members who had mental breakdowns, um, lived through um, two attempts on my life. I was in foster care. Uh, So the first 18 years of my life were pretty rough. Um, But when I was 16, I accepted Jesus and hope. Uh, I went from hopelessness to hope and uh, went from despair to joy. And uh, so that led me on my journey to pursue uh, my degrees in counseling. And uh, I have, I'm a licensed therapist. Uh, I'm retired right now, but uh, I'm uh, over 15 years working in the counseling uh, profession. And I've been working 10 years as a life coach where I help people move from overwhelm to overcome so they can live the life that God has designed for them. Yeah. Love that. That's from awesome. overwhelmed to overcome. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Lynn, I've, um, I've worked in a church where they talked about mental health, but we came to find out that that was a very rare occasion that churches, at least in the United States would talk about mental health. Um, but you have a passion for intersecting those two worlds, mental health and the church. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah. So it began when I was in seminary. And one of the things I noticed is that pastors were using uh, spiritual health and mental health as two separate entities. And in all of my work of working with people over the years, what I would like to suggest is that spiritual health and mental health are one and the same. And that's the way that Jesus approached it, um, the head and the heart. And um, one of the things that has been damaging over the years that I have noticed is that um, well-intentioned pastors, lay leaders, and so forth have approached mental health through an intellectual or or spiritualizing uh, mental health. And so they would inform people and, and counsel people to say, well, you just need to have more faith. Or you just need to buck up and get over it, and everything will be okay. And I want to just suggest that that's really, really damaging. And I've known lots of people who have left the faith as a result of that wrong theology. And so it really is about this intersection of mental, spiritual, 
and physical health. And uh, so one of the things, one of the visions that God gave me years ago was to have something like a, a community center where people can gather and it, it's meeting the mind, soul, body, and spirit uh, to where we would have um, fitness classes. We would have spiritual development classes like our life journey. We would have personal development uh, workshops. We would have counseling services, coaching services, um, just everything that meets, takes a holistic approach to uh, meeting the needs of people um, throughout our communities. Excellent. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing um, just your passion and excitement for it. And I think words do matter and how we look at things matters. And, you know, it's, I love just as we're talking this week about the Bible and the context, you'll hear a lot about that this weekend. I'm not going to ruin anything, um, but it, it's good stuff. You need to tune in. And as we talk about context, we realize that the Old Testament and New Testament has a very different way of approaching the being. And in the Old Testament, there is more of this holistic, all-encompassing body, mind, spirit, soul. And in Greek and Greek thinking, there was more of a divorce of those things, that they're separate entities. And it caused all kinds of issues in the early church. But I do like um, how when we look at our health, God is looking for our holistic health, body, mind, soul, spirit. And, and how we use those words matter. So thank you for bringing your perspective um, I know this is probably a, a softball, but it's more of, of a question that I'd like to hear what you're seeing. The question is, have you noticed an increase in mental health crises or cases as a result of COVID-19, um, either the, the side of it of, hey, there's a pandemic, or the side of it as sheltering in place, like this isolation? What are you noticing? What are you seeing? Um, what is something either you're learning new or your perspective on our unique situation we're in? So whenever we are in a crisis, it's always going to bring to the surface things that might have been underlying before. So one of the things that I'm really noticing a lot more of um, in a greater form is depression, um, anxiety, uh, PTSD, actually. And because when, especially with PTSD, whenever we're in a situation where we are, we do not have any control and there's a high level of uncertainty, that's going to trigger uh, something in everyone. And how we process it is going to be different for each one of us. But those are some of the things I've noticed uh, in speaking with people that I've been checking in with, that uh, the depression, the anxiety is definitely uh, very much heightened during this time of crisis. Mm. Yeah, so bringing things to the surface. I think yes. that's happening the longer we're in it in our relationships, but also maybe toxic ways of thinking or doing or things that we're struggling with. It's all kind of emphasized. And to recognize that and is a part of understanding how to move forward. Is there any um, stories that you can share about what you're noticing or people that, you know, appropriately, is there anything that you can share in regard to that? So, um, you know, I have a friend who is very much isolating herself where she uh, because of the isolation she's spiraling more and more into her depression hmm. and there's a difference between isolating and being alone isolating is when you choose to disconnect from the world so um, for this person in particular uh, not texting not calling uh, not checking in with anyone just very much into herself and so that is really triggering more anxiety for her, more depression as a result. And um, I know for me personally, I just came through a really dark period. It was actually Easter week where um, I, was, I had some caregiver fatigue going on. I was checking in with so many people and I forgot my own self-care. And so I, I spiraled into kind of this... Uh, real negative state to where I was irritable, I was flighty, I was very easily distracted. So my times with God were very, they were not connecting with him in any way, shape or form. And uh, so that was triggering that. And then the uncertainty of our financial situation, that actually is what triggered my PTSD because uh, I came from a childhood of scarcity and so 
that those fine that financial uncertainty was triggering for me um, scarcity mindset. And so that's what triggered for me. And what helped me overcome that was I finally got to the end of myself in saying, all right, God, I cannot continue in this any longer. And he happened to give me scripture and uh, focus on my devotionals that were focused on uh, my faith and my lack of faith and my lack of trust mm-hmm. in God. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, he and I had it out for about an hour and a half one morning and got it all out. And it was like a relief, like a pressure valve had released. Mm-hmm. And I was able to, so ever since then, I've been able to focus, uh, be very, I'm not distracted. And my times with God um, have been very rich and more intimate and very much restored. Uh, but it took recognizing that I was having PTSD mm-hmm. in order to say something's got to change here. We'll get to some questions about tools when we get further, but I just wanted to thank you for being um, vulnerable and sharing your story and sharing about how you're a professional, a retired professional. You're passionate about this. This is something that that you know what to do, and yet there are still moments um, where you need time with God to hash things out. And I, I love that you're sharing a, a little peek into your relationship with God and how that helps and informs you. Thanks for sharing that and just putting yourself out there. That allows other people to feel like they can do the same. And it's so important in our community to be able to do that. So I just wanted to thank you for being honest about where you're at. Amen. Yeah. I I would say, you know, uh, Lynn and I have had many conversations. Well, not many, but enough. (laughs) And we're having millions more um, to just say, you know, in my past life, and the things that I've just found myself privileged to be part of, um, one of the things we were super intentional about was awareness to mental health and that self-care is not a sin um, and it's not a problem to self-care. In fact, if you think about it from the perspective of, uh, you know, you're on a plane and God forbid the plane is about to go down, you want to put the mask on you first. Right. You put your mask on you first. And, and I think actually a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Nathan said something about rescue beauty. And I've never heard that before, but that was super good. It's good to my soul. Like, you know, if you can't breathe, you can't save anybody. Um, in the words of a, a great prophet, um, a hip hop prophet, um, he said, uh, if I give you everything, baby, I'm going to be broke. Um, I can't give you everything that I have. Um, and so I think it's exciting to see that. But as we lean into that a little bit more, have you seen or is there any prevalent sort of uh, mental illness in our society or in your experience recently that you're seeing sort of a spike in or an increase in or that's just prevalent in our society? Uh, you know, I don't know if it's so much what I'm seeing, as, as I mentioned before, about the depression and the high levels of anxiety and PTSD, but I see this pervasive hopelessness that mm. is, uh, really prevalent in society. And uh, one of the things when I did a Facebook Live a few weeks ago, I talked about uh, that it's really easy to focus on the circumstances rather than God. And uh, years ago, one of my mentors, one of my beloved mentors had mentioned to me, she said, Lynn, you are either going to focus on the giant or the giant killer. And the giant killer mm-hmm. is God. All right. If we're referring to um, the passage of Daniel taking, or not Daniel, David taking on uh, Goliath, the giant. And so David was focused on the small, uh, the small stone that he, and he was going to trust God that he was going to take care of and slay Goliath. And so a lot of times we focus on the giant and what's ahead of us. Uh, rather than focusing on the giant killer, which is God. And that comes down to that. And so uh, when we focus on the circumstances, we can lose hope. And when we lose the hope, then everything else kind of cascades from that. And that's where I see a lot of mental health issues stemming from that. Yeah. And I think it, it's sort of that dovetails with what you were answering earlier is that circumstances don't change who you are in many ways. They reveal who you are and the illnesses that are already there. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, based on your um, professional experience as well as personal experience, because you talked about both, uh, we've got some people watching, maybe some that will watch later. 
who are looking for some practical tips and tools for how to move through this season. And I'm thinking of two audiences. One, people who are like, you just described me. You just described what I feel and what I'm going through right now. And I don't have those tools um, to, to care for myself. But then there's also another audience that's maybe listening or will listen later. They're living with somebody who's dealing with mental health and, and they don't know how to come alongside. Maybe, maybe they feel this pressure to like, well, I just want to fix it. Or I, I do just want to say, just get over it. You know, um, what are some tools for, for both of those audiences that are, are, are watching, paying attention, listening? Okay, great. So um, first, let me speak to the audience that uh, is, is experiencing some of these things and wanting some ideas. Uh, the first and foremost we've already mentioned is self-care. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that self-care is soul care. And um, so in that, I love how we already talked about the mask analogy that you can't, you cannot function if you don't, if you're not breathing, right? If you don't have your mask on. And so that is crucial. That is crucial. Uh, and so one of the questions I always ask clients is what feeds your soul? What feeds your soul? And when you're able to answer that question, that's where your self-care comes in, right? And the reason why self-care is so crucial is Jesus is a perfect example uh, where we can see time and time again where he would go off to be by himself after he had ministered to others and the multitudes. And that, that is a perfect example of what self-care is is taking that time away so that we can regroup and re-energize. And especially during this time of COVID, one of the things that's really, really beneficial is making sure you can get outside as much as possible. Uh, For me, that feeds my soul to be in nature, but to just get outside of your surroundings is really, really important. Um, So that's number one. Another idea is um, to accept that control is an illusion. And this is a little harder to understand and comprehend, but this is where trust really comes in. You know, I think of the Matthew 14 passage where uh, Jesus is walking on water and he asks Peter to come out and join him on the boat. And as long as Peter is focused on Jesus, he's able to ignore the waves that are whipping up the circumstances, right, surrounding him. Uh, But once he took his eyes off Jesus, then he lost focus, and then he started sinking. And so that's an issue of control for us. So um, learning to accept that control is an illusion, but God is in control. And that's where trust comes into into play. Um, Another thing I would suggest is limiting your news and social media as much as possible. Oh my gosh. Social media, especially it is Mm -hmm. beyond if I can like not be on it, I, I, as we're on Facebook live, (laughs) except for now, right now is the devil, (laughs) but I get it. Yeah. It's a tool. tool. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you said that though, because it's important. (laughs) We could have looked like hypocrites. Wait, don't be wait. So why am I watching this? No, (laughs) it's a tool, right? Yes, and, and I think that's what Lynn said. Lynn, t- tell us more about what, what, you know, let's get back to, you know, the expert opinion and not yeah. us going off on an <laughs> engineer. But social media, it's, it feeds a fear frenzy. Mm-hmm. And we certainly fear do friends. not to go, we do not need to go there. And remember that fear really stands for false evidence appearing real. Hmm. And so one of the things I work, I, I, always bring up to my clients is when they're talking about something that they're apprehensive about, or there's a lot of anxiety around, I ask them, is it a fact or is it an assumption? And a lot of times it's an assumption and and fear is what drives those assumptions Hmm. a lot of times. Um, Another way to really ground yourself is daily gratitude. And so if that is jotting down wherever you can see on a daily basis if it's on your screen of your computer if you have it on your refrigerator your bathroom mirror whatever that is but every day you are adding something that you are grateful for something you're thankful for and the reason is that's so important we have to keep that balance when we are in the midst of a crisis Mm -hmm. really really important um 
another area is to make sure you include and are willing to serve others because when you can get into that spiral and you spiral down, it's easy to isolate and then you are completely self-absorbed. And that, that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to isolate. Um, but we are built for community and God calls us into community. And so if there's a way that you can serve in a way that's safe for you and you feel comfortable um, to do that, if there's a way to just include others where you're checking in and saying, hey, how are you doing? It's as simple as a text. That's a way of focusing on others instead of letting everything just kind of come down on you. And then lastly, but certainly the most important is daily time with God. Yeah. So, so crucial. Uh, and whatever time of day that works for you, but you might be thinking, well, you know what, Lynn, I just, I'm so distracted right now. I can't. And I'm going to just refer back to my example of because of my PTSD, I was distracted where I couldn't get that time with God. There was like this, this, you know, wall that was up. And so I just, I just laid it out and I was crying and I was praying it through and, and God just brought it to be. And so you don't have to have formal prayers or anything like that. All it takes is an utterance like, God, that, that's all I got. <laughs> and the rest, the Holy Spirit can just come in and help you and give you that wisdom uh, to, to work through whatever that is. And God is with you every step of the way. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't moved away. Um, he is with you if yeah. you'll give him a chance. That's so helpful. Very practical tips. I, um, me and my wife just read an article about psychology that, um, that little kids are going through right now that are smart enough to know that this is not normal. Um, but also going through the grief and the sadness of like, what, what in the world is going on here? Um, and one of the things that we do in our home with our kids is, uh, we just try to get them to remember to breathe. <laughs> and yes. I, th I think such a simple thing that we forget is how important getting oxygen to our brain is mm -hmm. to open up, you know, I think Daniel, you and I've talked about neuroplasticity and, and Paul is that first century counselor. I, I like to think, yeah. you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And maybe he had tapped into something that he didn't fully know how to articulate, at least scientifically 2000 years ago, but just, being renewed and, and breathing and understanding that you're a whole person and getting oxygen to the brain to open up those pathways to understand outside of yourself. And I love what you said about serving others and being grateful. Um, it actually has an impact on your brain. Uh, neurologically, I, I just read this book, um, The God-Shaped Brain. I've got a friend back in Minnesota that um, like three times a day sends me an article. Hey, you should read this book. You should read this book. And so I've got a library filled that I'm just never going to get to. Um, but he sent that one to me and I read through it and it talks about the very thing that you just mentioned that when you serve somebody, it does something to your brain to push back the forces of fear and, and, um, and the powers of self-absorption as well. So that was so great. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Well, I think you answered the question, brother, that can anything good come out of Minnesota? And the answer is yes. So much, man. <laughs> Twins, the Vikings, <laughs> snow. Oh, I don't oh know. Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Lord. Uh, so, Great uh, Minnesota <laughs> accents and cat dishes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I got it oh, <laughs> I heard that in high fidelity in my ears. I didn't, I didn't need that today. <laughs> Talk on the ball. <laughs> I love that we come from a lot of different places. Um, <clears throat> it makes it fun. Look, I, one of the things I want to hone in on, and this has been crucial for me in understanding, I think we had uh, a couple weeks ago, I realized that there's a new emotion that I was feeling. And this does obviously is apparent to other people for other situations. But I think we've talked about it briefly. I want to hone in on the concept of grief and the idea that some of what we're feeling right now, we may not be actually able to say, oh, that's grief. And for those of us uh, who are mourning the loss of someone, yes, that's grief. But we're mourning the loss of the past. We're mourning the loss that when we come back, there's a there's going to be a new a new normal, is what people call it. But honestly, it's going to be kind of interesting for a year. You know, the only thing we can think about is this difference in the way that we travel in the air after 9/11. That's the closest that most of us can 
process at the change in the world, but this isn't just when we go to the airport. This is going to be something that impacts everything that we do. And I know this week I experienced a grief of things having to to change and be different and feeling the grief of others. Um, so my question to you is, how do we recognize grief um, and how do we deal with grief specifically? We've talked about an amazing tools, but can we hone in on this emotion um, of, of grief and we, how do we adjust to these new realities? Uh, great, great question. Yeah, so COVID has definitely brought grief and loss to the forefront. And how do you recognize grief? Well, uh, grief is when you are able to see that the world you've known is no longer. And uh, with that, to recognize that I, instead of using the word, the term new, new normal, I like to use the term new different because that's what it is. We know that, uh, yeah. you know, even though there are others that talk about, yeah, when we get back to work, get back to normal, blah, 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 and all that, there is no such thing. Because this is something that permanently alters our mindset, our way of approaching things, uh, that is not going to change. So it's grieving over the life that is no longer for us. That is probably the biggest thing and recognizing that. And so you know that you're grieving when, uh, and I, I've seen this and heard this from many others, that their emotions are all over the map. They break out crying one minute and then the next they're laughing at a funny, a funny video or something like that. So the emotions are gonna feel like a roller coaster and that is normal and in part of this grief process. Um, and another way to recognize grief is just knowing that you might feel a little more irritable. Uh, you might feel a little more uh, distracted and kind of out there. So these are some symptoms that are also tied with PTSD and knowing the difference between the two. But this, this is all because uh, this is a world or this is a time where we feel out of control. And so maybe it's also the loss of realizing that you do not have the control you thought you did, because as human beings, we like to believe that we can control everything. Um, so the loss of that. Uh, and so that's to kind of answer your question there. And then what was your second question, Nathan? I think, yeah, it's the second part of it was, um, so when I recognize that grief is happening, uh, and maybe I've, I've identified what, what are the tools is, is one of the tools identifying what you're grieving. Um, and, and the question I had while you were talking is, okay, so where does God, is God going to meet me there? Um, how does God meet me in the midst of realizing I don't have control? How does God meet me when my emotions are a hot mess, uh, when I'm irritable, what are a, a little bit of tools or just some processes that can help you, um, not just push something away, but mm -hmm. deal with what's happening in a healthy manner. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. So uh, number one, God is with you, but the first step is the awareness because with awareness comes change. And so that is the first step is awareness, but two, then move on to acknowledge it. And if you don't take the time to acknowledge it, I always use the analogy. It's almost like trying to push a balloon underwater What's going to happen? It's going to keep popping up, right? And it's going to manifest itself in more negative ways, more anxiety, more depression, more irritability. Um, it can take you far away from God as a result because you're angry with God with the way things have turned out. So you want to acknowledge it um, and not be afraid to work through it and to not be afraid of the emotion. You might be really angry angry at God, angry at the circumstances. And that is a natural part of the grieving process is to be angry. It's not like you can hide it from God because he already mm. knows everything, right? And so if you take the time to acknowledge it, but just realize to work through it so that you don't stay there, because if you let that anger stay there, then it just breeds bitterness and resentment. And uh, your relationship with God is is going to be very much impacted, negatively impacted by that, because you've chosen not to work, uh, work through that. 
and um, just take the time to to do that. That's really that's really a big thing, and really to understand and to let go of any expectations or a time frame, because a lot of time a lot of people think, well, okay, once this is all said and done, I yeah. can just kind of get back to normal. But what you got to realize is that it takes our brains time to process. So even though we're in the midst of our COVID crisis right now, our brains are focusing, we're focused on adrenaline and all of that. That's what's pushing us, keeping us going and all of that. But now when things settle down, our brains are going to catch up mm-hmm. and we have to be willing to give ourselves the time. So three months down the road, you might break out into yeah. Cry and be like, what is this about? And just realize that's part of the grieving process. And you cannot put a time frame or a time limit on your grief. It's just, it's not so good. What a freeing thing that you've just shared with us. Um, I, you know, I, I, whenever I'm at a funeral and I talk to people, I, I say, how can the church help you? And then I say, okay, now in three months, in six months, when people have moved on and you're still there, we're still here. And we want to be there with you. And so you need to know that we're waiting. <laughs> like if you need anything, we're here because we know over time we've, we've realized that someone loses their father, it's going to take them years to, to get over that, especially if it was early. And I think grief is important. And I think I, I felt a lot about what you're explaining this week where they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. Like <laughs> right now, this week. But it's all catching up to me. And in the past, I have been so, I would get even more irritable because I was trying to fix it, trying to fix it, trying to fix it and trying to identify it. Like, well, why am I feeling this way? It must be X, Y, or Z. But in reality, I need to rest and let that drive me back to God and back to community. And then we as a community need to love. Now, I've asked a question, um, if anyone has any questions for Lynn. And you actually answered a lot of them as you were going, which was fantastic, uh, just as the spirit led. And um, they asked it, and since they're a little behind us, you were answering it, which is fantastic. But I have some questions. And if you want to ask a question right now, please do that um, on the Facebook feed. I think that would be really important um, because it's it's stirring up a lot in people. Um, I want to I share one that came out was said, Lynn, I'm a seminary student right now and I have a difficult past myself and I'm looking for my ministry. I'd like to know your opinion on starting a ministry for abused women within the church. And then a thread, some Shandy and some of the other people who are involved in Celebrate Recovery said, hey, Celebrate Recovery is a great ministry that would help with that. But you are here as a counselor, as someone who sits on our leadership team as someone who uh, is also leading our women's ministry. So as the hat on, put the hat on of the women's ministry leader, what is women's ministry doing to minister to um, the women who have been abused in the past? Or what are the avenues that help us move forward in that? So, wow, that's a really loaded question. But uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Hot from, yeah, coming from an abuse background myself, um, trust is a huge issue, and not only trust in self, trust in others, and trust in God. Uh, it's allowing yourself to find those venues to show you and start teaching you what trust looks like. And so that's getting plugged in in community. That's getting plugged in, um, seeking out counseling for yourself. Uh, So again, making sure your oxygen mask is on first, gaining God's wisdom and knowing God will absolutely let you know when you are ready for ministry. Now, it's not like you have to work through it all before you can reach this point of being able to minister to others. That's not true at all because God can use us. He always equips who he calls and God never, never um, makes a mistake in bringing beauty from ashes. So just know that there is ministry through the pain and that he has a very specific ministry design for you. Uh, Surround yourself, find a mentor uh, who can help you. Um, to help keep you accountable and so forth, because that, 
I don't know where the abuse came from, if it was from an authority figure or where that was from, but being able to find a mentor that you would feel safe with can help um, bridge that gap and build that trust uh, so that you can walk fully into what God has called you to do. Thanks for letting yourself be put on the spot there with the yeah. random question. Uh, yeah. I get those a lot. So I, I sometimes I have a little <laughs> bit of guilty pleasure in asking other people's stuff, but I, I want to say something, Lynn, and, and I, I think there's other comments that the other, my other pastors want to talk to you about. Um, and then we'll, I'd be interested to know if there's any, if they want more information, you had mentioned a uh, Facebook live and some of the things that you've done. So if people want to connect with you, we'll get to that. But before we get to any of those things, I just want to thank you so much for coming on here. And just, um, I'm grateful that you could teach us, uh, not just the people watching and that are listening on the podcast, that will be up later today. So if anything you've heard, can send it out to people, but for teaching us. And it's, it's really great to have a, um, you know, to have a woman on here teaching us and instructing us and helping us grow from her own calling and her own ability and skills. So I just want to thank you for that and what a, a, a value it is to me and to this team and to our church. So thank you so much um, from me personally and the team for coming on and, and putting yourself out there and helping us understand how we can love people in a way that um, moves people forward, but also how we can love ourselves and, and through that be a ministry. And I just hear that from you. Like we can minister to people in the midst of this, even if we're a bit of a mess that God can use us. And that's such a hopeful thing. Often we think we have to get ourselves fixed totally, which is just, I'm learning the longer I'm alive. Oh, I got a lot of broken stuff. It's broken stuff, that oh, I'm broken stuff, but that yeah. we will be used and be part of what God's doing. Man, that is a message of hope. So I hear that in your voice. I hear that in your demeanor and how you keep returning to that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, for wait, the you mean everything doesn't get fixed as soon as you come to Christ? No, not for me. I don't, oh. know. <laughs> Maybe I'm I don't know how you guys say, brother. I, everything got fixed. No, I'm joking. I joke. I joke. No. I got to tell you about some things I think are broken in you because you might not know about them then if everything's been fixed. <laughs> the fact that you want to tell me that, brother, that might speak more about you. No, I'm joking. Hey, I'll receive it. I'll receive it. <laughs> I receive it in Jesus. Amen. All right, cool. Pastor Jared, what you got for us? You got any words for our sister for no, her just, time here? Just very grateful as well. And um, the comments started streaming in as you were talking about other things. So I was just trying to reply to some of those as well. Um, one of them, talked doing about, that. Just, yeah, one of them just talked about sleep and just so many of our, of us are exhausted. We might even get, you know, seven or eight hours a night, but still wake up feeling like, I don't feel like I slept at all, you know? Um, so I tried to speak to that a little bit, but, um, I think one thought I'm having is if there's any resources, practical resources, people uh, that we can reach out to uh, that you might recommend, Lynn, uh, maybe maybe after this, we can put together a, um, a catalog of resources, even books or other podcasts that, that might be helpful for people. So, uh, but yeah, like Nathan said, I'm very appreciative that you were here to, to teach us and to grow us as well in this. This is, this is huge. You're welcome. Amen. Amen. Well, I echo that, sis. I'm super excited, man. I'm glad um, that you're able to make it. It's, it's, been a, it's been on my heart for us to be able to do something together for some time. And we've had those conversations. And I think it's good to segue into one of our last conversations that we had of uh, our idea together to create this uh, cohort. Um, and I share that with you. And we've talked about that. And so I do want this to be sort of a clearing call to all of life church people who have any mental health background. Um, we're mm. going to be coming together very soon. Um, yeah. And I, I'm super glad. I thought when I was coming here that I'd be coming here and there would be nobody to work with in this. But it's super exciting to see you and your passion for it. And so, uh, yeah. So, again, a call out to everyone with a mental health background. Um, uh, one of our sisters, Don, who actually spoke to me about the uh, domestic violence uh, situation. Uh, you know, we had a conversation about that. So she's going to be in that conversation. But yeah, we're going to get together very soon. Um, we might even, depending on how things are going, we might have to zoom it together and we'll, we'll try to get that done. But what we want to do is we want to create uh, a just a, a hub of resources, uh, which is kind of dovetails to what Pastor Jarrett was just saying, of professionals who can be there to care for and not just offer up just resources in terms of book, but even if the Lord allows it, some one-on-one -on -one time 
for triaging and moving people towards holiness and growing. And when I say holiness, I mean not like perfection. I'm talking about, you know, God working in you and setting you apart and fixing mm-hmm. your gaze on him and all the things we've talked about today. So, yeah. So keep that in mind, please pray for that. Um, that the Lord Daniel, how, how to... can we do that? If there's someone who's listening right now or they're listening on the yes, podcast yes. later, yes, you know, obviously yes. they're not on Facebook Live or whatever. How do how would you gather that? What's the best Absolutely. next step for those mental health best professionals? Best next step is even Email my 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 handsome twin Daniel Fagbui um, at Daniel I sense in the spirit that one of my pastor friends are typing that in right now. Um, look at that! Look at that! Look at <laughs> look at God! <laughs> look at God! Uh, but yeah, so yeah, please email me. Um, Want to start to collate that list. Um, and then we'll put that together as a group. In fact, I've talked to about three other people, Lynn, who are in that in that group of people. Um, and just so you guys know as well, my, my previous job, I was a director at a mental health agency. So this is near and dear to my heart. So we've, we've got a lot of people with a lot of experiences that we could bring together. Uh, and then of course the theological aspect. And so I think that's super huge. Uh, unfortunately we didn't get to get to the rest of the questions, but I wanted to read a passage. Um, Before you go there, cause I'm sensing you're yeah. closing. And I, yes, I'm yes. sensing the you preacher. Can in, it in the spirit. Okay. The, Amen. So I, I asked Amen. a question. I wanted to follow up with it real quick. Lynn, um, contact info. Yeah. Con, the, yes, what yes, What's yes. a great way for them to to get you to mention Facebook Live? And this is more of on the fly question. Is there a way that they can um, see more of what you're talking about or doing and your coaching? What is the best thing that we'll put in the comments below, but that you could say right now if they want to, you know, learn more about what you're doing or have done. Mm. Yeah, so my my friend Jared can type this in. Um, Anyone, if you're looking for motivational videos, uh, blog posts on grief and loss and all that kind of stuff, um, feel free to visit my website at midlife-moxie.com. Midlife Moxie, I like that. Okay. Yeah, a little southern, southern moxie there. I, like I didn't know that. you had some marketing in you too. That's awesome. Did, okay. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, get my Lynn, can you say that one more back. time? I just want to make sure I got that correct. Midlife dash moxie dot com. Okay. Make sure you put the dash in there. Got it. Yeah. All right. I think I'm done with interrupting right, so you, Daniel. I'm sorry. Oh, well, brother, it is what it is, man. That's the that's the privilege of a lead pastor. He gets to he gets to interrupt wherever he wants. I'm sorry, it just it autocorrected to Foxy, so don't go to that. <laughs> don't, um, I can delete that. You work on right Thank you. Mid-life you might Fox, have a different type of clicks. midlife. I don't know. You might have that, a different midlife oh, crisis. Oh, oh <laughs> goodness! How do we get rid of that? Uh, remember, meteor is your enemy. Oh. <laughs> can be a friend too. All right, I'm and delete your friend. That. Delete comment. It is gone. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Like men in black, everybody look straight into the light. We're going to remove that from your memory. You will never remember <laughs> this again. It was a figment of your imagination. Pull us back to life. Moxie. All right. Wait, let me Let's click on that link. Make sure it's okay. Let's oh. bring it in. No, that's not right either. We will get it figured out. Give it's us a right. second. No, it's a dead link. We'll get it figured out. I think Moxie has an I there, Chief. M-O-X-I-E. Yep. We'll get it. Well, you came to me for help, and I failed you twice. So. No, that's all right. Okay. Brother, we got it. All right. Remember, control is an illusion, brother. It is that's an right. illusion. All right. So it's okay. It's okay. All right. Let's <laughs> Good luck. Well, it's 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 been a it's been a pleasure having you here. Uh, don't leave yet. We're just gonna. Uh, but there was one thing that I just thought that that just stayed in my soul um, when Pastor Nathan spoke earlier about the disconnection between the sort of ancient world and the Greek world, um, how the ancient sort more holistically and the greek world sort less which is what informs a lot of our society today and we're slowly getting that back and as you know um uh, psychology in general is starting to really pay attention to the spiritual aspect of people because they know that we're holistic but uh to 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 sort of echo your point pastor jared uh paul was way ahead of his time and of course he was way over time because he was a a representative of Christ who had the power of Christ and the knowledge of God in him. And so Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, which you'll probably hear me say that about every single verse in the Bible. 
But Paul says in verse 23, now may God, the God of peace, the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And listen to this part. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved. Paul understood that there was a spirit, which is a, the spirit that we get when we become saved. But then the soul in Greek has to do with your mind and your intellect and all of that. And of course, your body. And so Paul understood more than anything the psychosomatic nature of the human body. And then he prays further. He says that you would be rendered blameless at the coming of Christ. And that he, and this is the part that I love, God is the one who does this. Rest in God. Fix your mind on God. As our sister said, don't look at the giant. Look at the giant slayer. Verse 24 says, God is faithful. Because he's the one who called us, and he will bring this to pass. And so every single thing that we've talked about today, all of the tools that we've gotten, all the things that are given, they're very pragmatic, and they're very practical, and you can use them. But when you use them with the eye on God, when God is in it, when God is the one doing the work, it's a supernatural thing that we get to experience. And so I want to just encourage everybody that do these things with God in mind. Keep God as your focus. Fix your mind on God, the author and the finisher of our faith. And one of the things that this conversation should have done for you is to let you know that there's no disconnection between spirituality and the mental health part, that we are holistically and that God made provisions for that. And so the same God that gives us the ability to exposit the text is also the same God who blessed our sister with her information and her knowledge and her experiences. And we can lead out of your pain as you've said, and I thank you for that. We are super um, honored to have you as, not just on the show, but part of the body of the kingdom of God. And so I'm excited about that. Um, I'll say one last thing, and then uh, brothers, I'll have you have the last say, but join us next week as we continue with our questions, bring your questions in. We will start with the, the online questions that we need to want to find out how many people Pastor Nate is healed. Um, that's very important for me. Uh, I need to know those stats because uh, it's a competition. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. But we are super excited, sis. Thank you for being here. Brothers, any last words? Yeah. I feel like I need to go pray for healing for like a bunch of people. <laughs> you, 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 just you to pad those stats, apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, I just want to reiterate um, that I am so grateful that you were here, Lynn, to to teach us that we could take more of a long form conversation with you and to instruct um, the church in 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 who we are in our mental health. I know that it'll be a long journey for all of us, but I'm just grateful that we're taking a step forward and I know it's going to minister to a bunch of people. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Daniel, I just have two quick things. One, can you uh, repeat the scripture verse that you just said? And then I've got one other thing I'll say as well. What was that scripture verse? Uh, First Thessalonians. Okay. Chapter Um, five, verse 23 and 24. 23 and 24? Yes, sir. And that was what translation? or um, That was the New American Standard translation. Perfect. I wouldn't make Paul a joke will... about that, but I, I won't do yeah, it. New American okay. Bible Standard, Daniel? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> that was from that yesterday. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's how he really Amen, feels. Jesus. <laughs> that's how <it> really <laughs> Paula was that's asking for that verse, there. so she wanted to make sure to get that one correct. Um, I, I, I have one final thought, and that is um, out of all of the... Um, Table Talk Thursdays that we've done this far, I feel like this one uh, was definitely profound for a lot of people and could be Mm. profound for a lot of people. So I would encourage anybody who's watching right now to share this uh, with people who who it could impact directly um, because this is a very real situation. I don't know the stat and maybe Lynn, you can help me with this, but one in four, one in five people in America are, are dealing with some kind of mental health crisis. Is that, is that about right? That, that would be right. That would okay. be right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so that obviously that's, that's a big and, percentage. And just so population. you know, that stat is, is, is what's recorded and recorded. right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so many more. Yeah. Yeah. So please, please, please. Um, those of you who are watching or who will watch this later or listen later on the podcast, share this. Um, if you think it might be helpful with the people in your life. So that's what I have. Amen. Yeah, I, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, just to, yeah, that those stats are important and helpful. 
um, and they're what's reported and they're also typically the chronic stuff, right? But every single one of us struggle with some sort of mental health concern, daily bouts with depression, might not be clinical depression, but yeah, so this is even good if you're not struggling, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, because you never know when trauma will happen. Trauma is different for every single person. For you, it may be a car accident. For me, it may be that you got my order wrong at McDonald's and I flip. It's, it's, it happens. And so just want to make sure we're self-caring. Lynn, sis, a pleasure, a joy, midlife, moxie. Not right? Foxy. Got it. Midlife dash. Moxie. It's on there. It's right. It's, it's, it's in okay. there. <laughs> okay. All, all I, bad took me like 5,000 times. But... <laughs> all right, cool. So Facebook, we love you guys. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, and we're going to end things on our end here. I'm trying to see the best way to end this. But, hey, folks, we love you guys. Right. See you guys see all you later. Guys soon. Brothers, sisters, see you guys soon. God bless. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.